Pillowcast, a podcast by Shulik Women in Leadership. Welcome everyone to Shulik Women in Leadership's second ever Willcast episode. My name is Jonathan Joe, and I am your co-VP of Male Engagement here at Shulik Women in Leadership. I am so honored to be your host for this episode. So grab a snack, put your headphones in and listen up because this is going to be a good one. The subject of this month's episode is going to be how you can find your true values, take action, and speak up. You're listening to Willcast. Without further ado, I am extremely excited to be introducing our guest speaker, Richard Pinnock. Richard is a Senior Manager of Diversity and Inclusion at Walmart Canada and has been for the past nine years. He is the host of his own show, Taking a Stand Matters, which I am personally a big fan of. Richard is an alum of York University's Master's of Business Administration program and earned his bachelor's at McGill University. Richard has a vast history of experience with diversity and inclusion and a long record of volunteering. I am looking forward to the insights I know he will provide our listeners, but first, here's a clip from the latest episode of his show. Welcome our special guest, Mr. Kwame Jackson. Hey, how are you, Richard? How's Canada? Oh, Canada's great. Hey, it looks like it's warm there. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling in from Los Angeles, sunny Los Angeles. Join us online. So, Richard, um, I want to start off by asking you about your show, Taking a Stand Matters. So how would you pitch your show to someone who's never seen it? And what was the catalyst that motivated you to start it? Well, uh, first of all, thanks to uh, Shulik Women in Leadership for having me on the show. It's a fantastic idea, a great way to get your message out there during these COVID times. Um, I actually did pitch the show. Um, it was after an interview post um, George Floyd, May 25th, I was on um, Kojiko Cable being interviewed with a member of parliament. And uh, the folks there at Kojiko thought that they might want to talk to me about another interview with something else. And I said, sure. So we got to talking and um, interview went very well. It was very quick and you know, it was kind of fun. So I said, hey, how are you getting content with COVID with your studio clothes? It's a community channel, right? And they said, that's a real problem. We're having a, we're having a meeting on Tuesday and um, we're trying to put together content. And I said, any chance I could have my own show? And they said, absolutely, put a pitch in. So Jonathan, I had to put a pitch in. <laughs> So what it was, I know you know about run a show and all that, but I, I put here, I just happen to have one here. So this is the uh, minute by minute, you know, breakdown. And then I had 13 shows like that with guests and everything. So they're expecting, you know, a, a small pitch, a few bullets and stuff. So it's like 19 pages, I think, something like that. They said, absolutely, let's get it done. So the purpose of the show really, um, again, during this COVID the pivot, I've been volunteering for um, probably, you know, 20 years. And I realized coming up for the summer, we do youth development programs with the Canadian Caribbean Association. And I work with the Toronto, I mean, with the Halton Police and so on. So we pivoted to this Zoom platform. And being more familiar with Zoom, I thought this is a really great way um, to capture some of this stuff moving forward. Um, I have this analogy. It's like cold water on a hot, sandy beach. You, you do these events like what, what you're doing and what uh, Will is doing. Uh, and then afterwards, next semester, whatever, people kind of forget. So it's so fantastic that you can record this and show other students um, in the future how to maybe, uh, you know, move in that direction. So that's that's what I was doing. At the time, the debate was raging. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Black lives matter. All lives matter. And I said, you know what? Taking a stand matters. And it's really about leadership. So the show, um, I reached out to different colleagues, people like uh, the, the chief of police. We have uh, Mark Bowden. 
We have Kwame Jackson, a number of interesting individuals who have really demonstrated leadership, but also with a core and a string of commitment to volunteering. So that's really uh, what it's about. It's these leaders demonstrating how they've taken a stand and maybe inspiring other people to do the same. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I've checked out your show, I, I love it. Um, going on Zoom, like definitely one thing that is difficult to do is um, engaging the audience and having those conversations because it's not in the same room. Um, sometimes there's difficulties and they cut each other off. It probably happens to anyone that uses Zoom these days. But I think in your shows, I definitely like looking at your minute by minute and all your plans. I can see that um, the structure has really paid off and it, it looks like a really well polished show. And I really hope that our listeners will go check it out. Um, but I know your next episode and the uh, latest one coming up of Taking a Stand Matters will be on youth leadership. So mm. a little segue into my next question. Um, yeah. For this podcast, I wanted to ask what your advice for female students and male allies would be um, who want to be change leaders. Well, okay, so being a change leader, I think you have to keep in mind that there's a lot of change that's going on in our world and, and it's just enormous. You have to figure out what is it the change that you you want to focus on what what is the change you want to focus on because you're not going to change the world you're you know maybe you'll be a drop in the ocean right so make sure that that drop is well defined and it's going to have some kind of an impact um i would say the first thing i'd like to throw out is this idea about moving beyond binary thinking we're so locked into you see what's going on in the us right now jonathan um democrats republicans blacks whites uh gay straight everything's binary right conservative liberal and um, I think we have to go as leaders moving forward. You young people have to think about not just this binary approach because it's too simplistic, right? For those that are in positions of, shall we say, not, I wouldn't say privilege, but people that are in positions of leadership right now, they're not altogether tuned into the challenges that like say, for example, international students that are visible minority and, and women, right? That are trying to struggle during COVID to complete an MBA program and with all the commitments to their family, the costs, I mean, the tuition, all of that stuff, some people don't have the mindset to understand or even to sympathize or empathize with, with these folks. We tend to think of our own reality and maybe, you know, we get lost thinking about how we're gonna change the world when in reality, there's small things within your, your sphere of, of control that you really, you have an obligation as a Canadian, as, as somebody living here in Canada, you have a, a responsibility, I think, and, and also a right to help others move along. Um, so again, it sounds a bit abstract, but I'm glad that I'm dealing with the Schulich crowd, you know, so <laughs> Schulich, um, I think you understand what I'm talking about. Um, in Canada right now, I think we're 20 years behind the U.S. when it comes to these matters in terms of diversity and inclusion. We talk about representation, advancing women. You know, there's many, many senior leaders that think like, do we really need to do this with women? Um, some, some of your listeners might be surprised to know that there's only 27% of our elected federal officials that are female out of the top, you know, the FP 500, I believe there's 109 companies that don't have a single female board member on their board. And by the way, we're not talking about, you know, going into intersectional indigenous lesbian women on the board. We're talking about women period. Right? So we have a long ways to go, as I say here in Canada. Um, I think it's important for you as making, in terms of making a change that you have to really focus on others, try to get out of your space because things are going to change for you. 
everybody uh, going to Schulich now, you're all very blessed and very fortunate. The world is awaiting, you know, for your leadership, but you have to come out there and you have to say, hey, I get it. I understand. I have a big vision. My vision for leadership is to actually lead, right? It's not about whales and dolphins. It's about actually leading. And that's what Schulich's trying to develop. And that's what you have to take a stand, right? And articulate and demonstrate the branding that you're now going to be associated with as a member of the order of uh, 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 Masters of Business Administration. It's something to be very proud of. And, you know, one of the strongest brands in Canada is, of course, Schulich. So, um, yeah, so get out there. If you, want to, if you want to affect change, start focusing on what you can do and articulating the fact that it's leadership that has to change and that you are uh, all in on that, on that side. Mm. Um, I definitely relate to that, especially when you're talking about going all in and really, you know, committing to it. But like from my experience, I can admit that it wasn't always easy for me um, to find where my own values lie. And I've definitely felt pressure to fit in with the crowd. Um, and I wanted to ask you how you think students can really own their own values without hesitation. Focus on your leadership, focus on what you're going to do. Think about how you can position yourself as a leader, leverage your multi-language capability, your multicultural capability, and be very clear to articulate that you get it and you're passionate about it. And that's why I joined the, uh, you know, the Schulich Women in Leadership. And that's why I'm a leader there. And that's why I'm doing this. And that's why I'm also, as a woman, I'm involved in the LGBT group as well. And I'm also involved in the Muslim, you know, uh, prayer group because I want to have a good understanding of the colleagues I'm going to be leading, you know, once I finish up with Schulich. So that, that's a strong way to position yourself. It's all about branding, but you can't just make it up because we can spot a fraud in a matter of seconds, right? Why not embrace it and actually think about yourself, develop yourself, be proud of yourself. And like, like I say to students all the time, Today, give your parents a call and thank them for everything that they've done for you because you're really blessed to be in this position attending school at this age. It's, it's truly a miracle during COVID that you're pulling it off. Give your parents a call and just say, hey, by the way, mom, dad, I just want to say how much I appreciate what you're doing. They're going to like, uh-oh, <laughs> what's going on, right? With uh, What's going on with Jonathan, right? But I'm sure, Jonathan, you do that all the time. But for all the students, get back to the family. Think about your values. You're asking about what do you do? How do you stay aligned with your values? Focus on your values. It's very, very important. Yes, I think that's amazing message. I think super inspirational as well. Um, like for me personally, like even in these times, I think I definitely try to like, you know, change my perspective and make sure that I don't lose that sense of gratitude. Um, I actually have like a gratitude journal. I try to fill in every single day. And always on the top of that list is my family, um, having a healthy, a working body uh, and my little brother as well with my family but it's it's easy to lose sight of that sometimes um and also to uh let that go um and then once you like lose sight of that you really don't have that motivation anymore but uh, yeah, jonathan on, on yeah. this notion of of your little brother right who i don't i i i guess you're you know maybe he's there i don't know but yeah you some of us don't have children i i do but you know, your siblings are looking up to you and they're watching you every day. So remember the impact that you have and you know, bring in your sibling, bring your, your little brother into one of the broadcasts. It's something that he will remember 40 years from now, right? My big brother brought me, I was on the internet and all that, right? Like it's a really cool thing to do. And it demonstrates the love that you have and the leadership. Again, it's another leadership value. This tone that I'm talking about has to be at the top of the organization that you decide to get into. Of course, when you graduate, you want to get in and get going, right? But once you start uh, demonstrating your capabilities, really pay attention to what 
what is the tone at the top? What's your CEO saying? And what are the values of that organization? So I strongly recommend that you really look, uh, well, obviously first get a job at a reputable organization, but then as you're navigating, really start paying attention and listening to um, what, what is the tone and is it really a values-based organization? Because that at least gives you a foundation from which you can spring forward, right? And, and hopefully align your values with the values. Like for example, I work at Walmart and you know our whole mission, we get up every day, we wanna have Canadians save money so that they can live better. And you know, a typical example for Halloween, right? And there's a lot of new Canadians and people don't, not everybody celebrates Halloween, but at, you know, at Walmart, you can buy a little princess mask or a little cape, whatever. I'm making it up, maybe you know, $7.99. And that's a memory that that child has forever, right? So that's what we're really uh, you know, focused on. We wanna help Canadians save money. During the pandemic, um, you know, the shortage of toilet paper and this and that and sanitizer, our people haven't missed a day, like we haven't missed a day. So we're all really genuinely committed to helping others, right? And this is, this is what Sam Walton started in the organization. Now we've surpassed um, half a trillion dollars in sales based on that very simple concept. Save money, live better. It's, it's simple. You don't need a PhD dissertation to talk about what the mission is. And all 2.3 million of our people, every one of them understands, save money, live better, right? That's what we're trying to do. So again, think about your values and try to align with an organization that is, that is uh, you know, similar to the approach that you have like in your heart. And that'll really encourage you, give you that stability. And then from there, you can start demonstrating your, your uh, technical capabilities. Yeah, I think it really hit the nail on the head because like everything I do every day is try, trying to like make the world, I guess, a better place, put my little drop in the bucket uh, to make the world a better place for my brother. And I also wanted to um, look back on what you were saying about um, how you have to be true to your values, but also not to fake anything um, because it's easily spotted. And also you're doing it for yourself. So you own your own values. And on that topic, I want to bring in the topic of allyship and how allyship um, as a verb is something you have to actively do. Um, you never really take on the identity of an ally. You're always an ally in training. So I guess on that topic, I think it really relates to what you're saying about, you know, um, it's all about taking action. It's about continuous action. But I also want to move on to the next question I have over here. And the next question I have is mm -hmm. on intersectionality. So this is a topic that comes up um, for Shulik Women in Leadership year after year. and uh, we would like to talk about intersectionality and its relevance to the workplace. So I want to uh, ask um, if you could explain your viewpoint on intersectionality and its relevance for standing up to one's own values. Sure. So I think intersectionality is another topic of interest that, that people that are you know, quite informed on this, in this area, are focusing on. And I think we have to be clear about our definition of intersectionality. So, um, so first of all, diversity. Diversity is really about our differences, okay? Percentage of female leaders, um, director and above. It's, it's, it's a workforce measure. At Walmart, by the way, we've gone from 15% of our stores being run by women. Today, we're at 33% of our stores. So our women in retail program has had a measured advancement we didn't necessarily have a target, but we want to track our progress. Very important. Always track your progress because like I said, it's like cold, wa cold water on a hot sandy beach, right? So as, as a practitioner in this area, make sure you track your starting point. You're so exuberant and enthusiastic to bring all these great programs. And then everybody forgets that there, you know, there, there weren't uh, more than, 
you know, five or eight members in your women in leadership program. And now you have, you know, 150 or whatever, 10 years from now, you may have 1200 and people will forget were there always 1200. No, no. And, and they forget. Right. So track your progress and show that chart. Um, so diversity is about differences, right? Um, equity, which is a, a real big focus. Now we talk about, uh, especially since the Michael Floyd, um, sorry, George Floyd, uh, situation on, on May 25th. There's a big focus about anti-Black racism and so on. So equity really uh, is really about equal access to resources and an opportunity. So the DNI area is now like DEI. So diversity, equity, and inclusion. So what's inclusion? Inclusion is a workplace measure. It's the degree to which you feel welcomed and valued and, and included at work. So we have to start by focusing on bringing different people into our organization. Then we have to give equal access, which is equity, right, to opportunity and to advancement. And then we have to make these people feel included, right, and valued. So, so it's very, very, very important. So when we talk about intersectionality, to get back to your, your, your question there, I think there's intersectionality sometimes is mixed up with this notion of diversity. So we have men and women in the women's group, or we have, you know, somebody who's, um, you know, um, representing LGBTQ plus, and, and you have these different individuals, right, like that form a group. But um, I think the real focus on intersectionality is the actual individual themselves. So for example, I could be a visible minority, male, um, person with a disability, and also LGBTQ. So that's the intersectionality. So many organizations now are saying, well, you know, we shouldn't just do a women's program. What about a woman who's indigenous, who has a disability, who's also lesbian, right? So we get down to these very small, uh, you know, individual kind of uh, realities. And then we ask ourselves, what can we do for those employees, right? But I, I think most companies are not at that level. And this dialogue about can we survey to find all of this minute, you know, what about Jonathan who has a younger brother rather than a younger sister? Like, what should we be doing for him, right? Uh, the resources aren't there. When you look at um, recent study, Fortune 500 in the US, only about 26% of the Fortune 500 have at least one full-time person working on their diversity program. So it's like 75 don't even have one person, right? So how's that one person supposed to be doing that level of intersectionality? You have some organizations that are really, you know, into it and have very large, particularly the, um, the sort of regulated sectors, financial services, transportation, and others uh, that have 10, 15, 20 people in their diversity department. They have the means and the resources and the commitment but mo most companies are not really able to even identify the intersectionality because of privacy issues, et cetera, here in Canada. So be careful. Don't get too caught up on this, you know, really heavy duty uh, focus on how we're going to take care of every single individual because we can't even identify, uh, you know, what those elements are. So that, that's just a general comment on this notion of intersectionality. So, um, yeah, so the interesting thing on intersectionality, just to, to finish off with that, I think, um, I can't remember the study, it was in the US, they did emergency admissions um, for people attempted suicide, you know, very serious um, situations there. And, and the numbers, uh, I can't remember, it was a multi-state study, but something like 60% of the admissions were LGBTQ uh, black. So it's like, wow. So when you look at the population, it's such a tiny piece, but these are folks that are really, really uh, facing a lot of serious, serious uh, challenges. And you know, if you're if you're black, if you're a lesbian, and you're you know, and you're um, black, lesbian, and um, female, 
if you have those three things, it's not like you have three points, you know, what it is, it's, it's like you have nine points, right? It's, it's exponential. So the thing to remember about intersectionality, if you think you're having a hard time as a woman, imagine if you're a woman who's black and also uh, gay, just imagine it's not three points, it's nine points. So again, as leaders, just sort of think about that, right? And understand having a basic understanding and empathy and, and being able to relate to individuals without actually getting into all the PhD level research on intersectionality, just to relate with, with, with the different people in your organization. And your challenge as a leader is to bring out the best, right? Look at the Raptors last year, actually won you know, the championship. The coach brought all these very well-paid individuals together, but it's bringing that team together and delivering the results, right? That's what you're gonna get paid for, Jonathan. That's what we're looking for in the future. So if you can get like a very diverse uh, Pakistani and an Indian and, and LGBT and, and uh, an indigenous person, and they're all on your team, right? Once you have the diversity, which we will have, you have to figure out how to bring out the best in all these people. Because at the end of the day, the reason why we're hiring masters of business administration is to have this general view of the business, but also more importantly, a well-balanced view of the people that are gonna deliver the results. Because if you can deliver, that's going to be your trajectory and that's going to bring you success in your in your future you know professionally and also personally right because you have that satisfaction back to your values right especially if you're in an organization where the tone at the top is hey we get it and also we want to be successful right and we understand that unleashing discretionary effort from this diverse population of canada gives us an opportunity not only to satisfy our shareholders but also to serve as a beacon for the rest of the world you know, Americans look up and they go, you know, oh, you go up to Canada and you see all these people on the subway and you got blacks and Chinese and everybody, right? Notice my American accent there, Jonathan. <laughs> but the thing is, we don't have the representation at the top of the house, right? Like in, in, you go down to Bay Street and you start going up the elevator and you just see less and less and fewer and fewer and fewer minorities, right? So it's nice that we kind of don't fight, but that's not the point, right? We have to figure out how to work together. We have to figure out how everybody has an opportunity to reach their God-given potential, right? And that's the challenge. And that's really what I focus on every day. And I've been doing that for many years now. Mm. I think you made some really great points there. And I want to call out, uh, like point out some. Um, the one about um, how falling in a minority group, um, maybe one thing, but falling in multiple ones, it's not only um, an additive, I guess, growth of um, being in minority groups and facing uh, potential discrimination or oppression, but also it's, it's exponential. Um, and how if you fall into multiple minority groups this is actually um, from what I've read it called um, double jeopardy or triple jeopardy and so on and that's can actually like result in um, a lot more um, discrimination than um, falling into one minority group and additionally like on your topic of on the topic of intersectionality and how it is lacking a lot of I guess focus on in organizations and even in, I think, governments as well. Like I did read one study um, on Norway. So Norway is a very gender progressive country. They're always um, touted um, as very gender progressive. Even on the high ends, um, they they used um, quota laws in the 2000s and raised uh, their board directors gender ratio to um, a minimum of 40% women. But a lot of criticism and a lot of uh, academia studies have shown that even Norway is lacking in consideration of intersectionality and a lot of the factors and nuances that come with that. So like even looking beyond Canada, you can see it is something that there is progress to be made in and something that in the future, I think would see a lot of um, potential value in learning right now. And I think you really, 
uh, it's really good the perspective that you bring um, from someone who is uh, now in the professional space. A lot of our uh, students here at Schulich, um, I hope they're like inspired by this and they will learn more about it because once they do enter the workforce, I think you're right uh, that they will be the leaders and that they will be the catalyst for change. So it's, it's about uh, training, teaching the new generation and bringing them into the workforce prepared and also as change leaders. And sort of that segues really well into my last question. And the last question I have here is, um, so members always come and they ask, uh, what is the best way to show leadership and start building those leadership skills? And I want to really ask what your thoughts on that for uh, the now uh, new generation who's gonna be entering the uh, workplace in the next couple of years. What, what do you think would be the best way for them to really you know, hit the ground running? Okay, well, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, as, as you introduced me, I have a long record of volunteering. I think volunteer, volunteerism is very important. It really, it really uh, demonstrates your commitment to actually helping others and to be um, um, helpful and to have values that really are about helping people reach their potential. We're looking for leaders that are going to win championships, that are going to, you know, uh, make the uh, uh, stock, you know, the New York, what is it, the Dow? We want to hit the Dow over, 30, you know, thirty thousand. Although they keep changing the, those those companies on there, but. Yeah, we, you need to deliver like it's not just talking right it's delivering. So I would suggest just very quickly if you look at my background I've been working with the police, the Toronto police for probably 13 over the past 13 years. There's a program called youth in, in policing initiative, where up to 175 youth from Jane and Finch Malvern, the so called designated neighborhoods where there's some real serious problems. Um, you know, Schulich, just take a look outside your window right and see what's going on, just like literally 100 yards from your school. Um, so uh, what, what we need to do is really, um, you know, make it make an effort, I think, to help those organizations that need help. So for example, the Peel Police, they have a new chief deputy, uh, Nishan Deriapa. They would love to have a Schulich student call up and say, hey, you have this community policing program. Can I help? Can I volunteer? Can I be the person that registers people like when the, all the community groups come in and you're talking about working together and the whole idea of community policing, which is one of the subjects, as you know, Jonathan, on, on my show, community policing matters. Um, something like that would be very, very, you know, very distinctive. I ask students all the time, particularly international students, what do you do for volunteering? And it's like, what? A lot of people do nothing. Uh, some get involved in groups. Some people will say, oh, I volunteer at the mosque. But you know that's maybe a, a community thing, a family thing, whatever. But if if you're let's say from, I'll just make it up. You're from India, and here you are. You're working with the Peel Police. Like what the heck's up? You know that's kind of unusual, right? So it demonstrates a real true sense of civic engagement and understanding about the the true virtue of leadership. So you know I would encourage everybody contact your local police. They're really struggling right now with COVID. They're trying to do stuff with kids, at-risk youth, bringing community groups together, understanding what do the police need to know when they go into mosque, if they're investigating potential threats, whatever. First thing, take off your boots. Don't be trudging around in the mosque with your boots on, right? Like fundamental stuff like that, you're, you're, uh, the members of your organization would be you know, really, really, really invaluable. So I would encourage you to do that. The other thing, just before I, I uh, end this answer, is you know, we, we all try to fit in. So I want to focus on the international students here. So, you know, you had a measure of success. Your families are successful from 
whether it be China or, or wherever, whatever part of the globe, you understand that Canada is a great destination, Toronto is a great destination. You come here and then you're not really fitting in, right? So what I, my advice to you is don't try to be like the Canadian, right? Try to be yourself because you have multi-language capability. You've lived in three different countries. You speak and understand the various religious sort of components. You understand the cultural aspects. You know what Ramadan is. You know what what uh, Diwali means, right? So a lot, a lot of the leadership in Canada is not quite tuned into that. So, you know, in my organization, we really focus on having people understand how important these things are to our employees. It's a fundamental approach. So if you're looking for uh, an interview, don't just focus on your technical skills. Oh, I can do reverse calculus and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, everybody can. That's why you have a 98 in Shulik. We know that, right? What is it that's differentiating you? Like, talk to me about your leadership skills. What have you demonstrated? What are, what are you doing volunteering wise, right? Give me an example of the successes that you've had, because that's what's going to differentiate you from the competition, right? So come in there and say, well, you know, I have a little bit of an accent, but you know, I speak five languages and I can't wait to get involved with RBC. I, I'm so excited about sharing my language capability. You know, as a matter of fact, I've developed an app. It's called the Teller Real-Time App and they're going to be blown away. They're like, who's this girl, right? Like, what the heck? What are you talking about, right? So you just come in there and you just demonstrate your brand, right? You be forceful, you be assertive. You All the things that you're talking about in the Schulich Women in Leadership, you don't just talk about it, you do it, you adopt it, it becomes your brand. And remember, you're representing the Schulich brand as well. And you're representing the other students that are coming, like your brother, that are coming behind you, right? So get out there, get out of your comfort zone, start like representing, right? And start being full of energy and be enthusiastic. You're young people, you should all be smiling and eyes are all bright and everything and happy. This is what you gotta be doing, right? The alternative is that you might end up driving an Uber, right? So I think we gotta get all you folks involved in driving the economy rather than driving taxis and Ubers. So that's, that's how I'd like to close it off. I mean, challenges over to you. I think that's, I think that's amazing. It's really inspiring. I do think also volunteerism is really important, especially, you know, walking the walk and not just talking the talk, um, like getting out there, uh, getting your hands dirty and like um, getting work done and like seeing the progress. It's so satisfying to see um, hours you put in, like impact the community positively. And to me, like that's worth more than anything else. And it's what makes volunteering so great. Um, and I, I, just wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. Like I'm sure you inspired a good chunk of uh, our listeners today. And I really do hope that uh, they've taken a couple of notes from what you've said and have a better perspective on um, what it's like right now in the professional climate and maybe can use some of their tips to get involved um, to motivate them going forward. So again, thank you so much, Richard, for coming on the show. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hey, by the way, don't forget, you can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I've got a lot of interesting content and a lot of stuff there. So I'd, I'd encourage all the members to uh, connect. And if anyone has any questions or, or concerns or looking for any advice or want to share a situation, I'm available to mentor the entire group, everybody, right? So I'm available on LinkedIn. Just reach out. Somebody offers you something, right? Don't hesitate. So remember, uh, get out there, represent, be yourself and, and have fun. Remember, it's all about... Um, contributing, and also following your values, making your family proud. Willcast, a podcast by Schulich Women in Leadership.